Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. and I'm Marnie Venge. I'm here today with Johnetta Rhodes again. Hi, Johnetta. Hi. Yes. What have you been up to? Uh, you know, a whole lot of writing, a whole lot of nothing beyond that, pretty much. Yeah. A little bit of adventuring. Yes. You know, mountain climbing and the like, but other than that, not a whole bunch. Mainly making words. Mainly making words. That's a good thing. Always. It's a good thing. So today we're going to talk about a case, an Oklahoma case, that as we were preparing to discuss this, I just got angrier and angrier and angrier with like every little development that came along with this douchebag. Definitely. I felt that it it's kind of like um you know, you just you you watch it and you're like, "I get you want money, mm-hmm. but what the hell is wrong with you?" Yes. Like so so today we're talking about Alan Ruby who was responsible for murdering his family in Duncan, and then he went down and partied at OU Texas, which kind of made it a... It was something that was in the news, and I remember Mm -hmm. when this happened. It happened in 2014. So, um... Yeah, I remember that. On October 10th, 2014, the Ruby family, which was John, his wife Tinker, I believe her real name was Joy, but Tinker is what she went by, and their 17-year-old daughter Catherine were found dead by their housekeeper in their Duncan home. And the housekeeper called 911. We actually listened to that phone call. And Awful. Yeah. She um, declared that they were ice cold and she was very disturbed by what she saw and she knew that they were dead. And so she called for help and um, extremely upset. Extremely. I can't imagine going to work. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have I have cleaned for people. I actually do part time for an older woman. I could not imagine going into her house and finding her dead. Oh yeah, you know what I mean in puddles of blood, and yeah. that's just even one of natural person. causes. Even of would natural be causes disturbing. would be would be hard because you go in and and she is older, so you know mm. I mean that is a possibility, right? Yeah, Ugh, yeah. heaven forbid, but um, not you know puddles of blood, murder, yeah, murdered, yeah, clearly murdered, right? I mean it wasn't like they just you know spontaneously combusted in their house, and right? Here's all of our blood, yeah, like, yeah. Mean, it's definitely <laughs> something very bad has happened here. Something traumatic. Has occurred. So one of the things that was noticed was that this was a family of four and the only person missing was their 19-year-old son, Alan. So... Way to give away the ending, Marnie. Yeah, I did just give away the ending. Um, so, it's old news. I'm sure people remember. Yeah. Uh. So he was the only person not in the house and he happened to be at the OU Texas game staying at, of all places, the Ritz-Carlton in Dallas, which was odd since his family had just cut him off financially. 
Um, he partied with his friends there, and one of them is quoted as saying, I didn't travel with him. I just met him in Dallas. He was not acting weird at all. Nothing that he said or did ever raised any suspicion from me. Every time I saw him on the weekend, he was happy and laughing and having a good time. He, he even posted a photo to Instagram while his family was lying dead in their home the day before they were discovered. So while he was in Dallas, he posted to Instagram knowing that he had just killed his family and they're laying dead in their home with without anyone coming to take care of their bodies anything like that he yeah yeah i mean i i know you've probably seen me over here like angry yeah angry snickering Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i'm trying not to laugh yeah no i get it you have to i mean where would I go if I murdered my entire family? Oh, the Ritz Carlton comes to mind. Let let's me go, just go, let's go to and, OU Texas. Yeah, let's go to OU Texas and swim in our party. buckets of money like Scrooge yeah. McFucking Duck and have no issue with the fact that we have murdered our entire family. Yeah. And yeah. and I did try to look for his Instagram. His Twitter is still active. His Instagram, I do not believe, is because every photo I tried to look at was gone. Yeah. So I don't know if Instagram purged him. Maybe. Or if his lawyers purged him, mm-hmm. which would not make sense because yeah. I think they would get in trouble for that. But right. um, I don't know. I'm not a law expert. Yeah. Probably fortunately. Um. One of the things that I noticed, like, that was very significant about all the looking into this case that we did is the lifestyle that he wanted to portray that he had. Yeah, and, and if you want to have money, my my thing is, is okay, that's fine. You can want nicer things. You can want to live that weird Kardashian lifestyle if that mm-hmm. is what you want. But fucking work for it. Yeah. He's 19. Yeah. I get Kylie Jenner was like a billionaire at 19, but you also were not born the sister who had, like... Yeah, born the small sister of a sister who had, like, got An famous. Empire. Yeah, got famous for her fucking RJ or Ray J or whatever his name was. Yeah. And, um, which, kudos to her, okay? More power to her. <laughs> More power to her. But that's not your lifestyle. Right. So if you want those things, even though your parents have money, because they had money, they ran the Marlowe Review, and did they also own another newspaper? The Duncan Banner, I believe, that okay. was what it was called. Okay, Um. I just remembered the Marlowe Review. I didn't remember the other one. but um, I might be getting that wrong. So, uh, But, you know, I mean, they had money, but they did not have astronomical amounts of money. Right. I believe that they they had their house, I think it said, was about a $220,000 house, which for that area is, is very, very nice. Oh, um, and it's huge. It's huge. It's huge, it's huge here. I mean, it's huge here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this yeah. is Oklahoma. Right. A l- Real estate money goes a lot further in Oklahoma than it does uh, in a most, lot of other places. Yeah. Uh, most uh, bigger cities yeah. and yeah. especially L.A. Mm-hmm. Like what right. the kind of lifestyle I think that he was trying to portray was an L.A. lifestyle. Like the jet set. Yes. Kind of. L.A., New York City party mm-hmm. goer. He wanted to have that elite Louis Vuitton, Gucci, yeah. like he Which, had come all, on, dude. Yeah, you want you want leather that's stamped with fucking letters all over it. Like yeah. I don't care how rich I am, it's just not appealing to me, yeah. and it's definitely not worth shooting my mom and my dad in the face. Right, like I might not like my mother, but yeah. I still would not want to like shoot her in the face. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and I think if you if you want to go look at his Twitter, you can. It's um, I believe it is Alan J Ruby, and that's Ruby spelled H R U B Y. He, I mean, he. It was very apparent from his uh, Twitter account how he felt about money, which was that 
having it was what made you an important person and he wanted to be important. And I think that when his family cut him off, he was just like, his whole identity was tied up in money money, and pretending to be somebody. Yes. And so when they cut him off, I think that it maybe something snapped in him and he was just like, I think he was a psychopath. Like, Definitely absolutely. Like, I don't think that agree he with you on that. felt any remorse for what he did. I think he felt remorse that he got caught. Oh, for sure. Like, after watching, you can go on YouTube and you can see the confession videos. I saw a couple of those when I was doing some research for this. And there's actually... American Greed did an episode yes, on him. And you can watch it. Video. Yes, and it does have the confession video. If you have access to that, that is a season 12. I don't remember what episode number that mm-hmm. was. Did you say it was on Hulu? Yes, it is on Hulu for sure. That's where I watched it. And um, yeah, you can tell he's only pulling his little bitch ass cry face whenever he gets caught. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it was, it was pretty disgusting. Yeah. One of the um, lawyers definitely said that they were crocodile tears and um, that would, that was the district attorney who was apparently friends with his parents. Yes. And knew them well. And his daughter, I think was friends with their daughter or his Mm -hmm. son. I think it was his son. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just, it's that, that's kind of the thing that you get into whenever you get into small town life, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and especially, you know, I mean, every time I think small town America, I think small town Oklahoma, because that's what I know as compared to like other places. But, you know, for sure here, it's very tight knit communities. Mm -hmm. Everyone kind of knows everyone, you know, their high schools are not astronomically huge. Right. Um, so it's easier to know everybody. It's easier to feel involved. And, you know, here in the Bible belt, church is a huge thing. Community is a huge thing to people. So this was a, this was like a giant deal. Yeah. Like rocked their community. All because this one little asshole that everyone probably knew decided, hey, mommy and daddy aren't giving me enough money. That's it. Time to ax them. Yeah. And it did not work out for him. And the Rubies, um, I would like to say that they were very well loved by their community. They They were were. very highly thought of. And um, Catherine's volleyball coach actually gave her eulogy, I believe, at the um, funeral. And... She got tattooed. Yeah, she got a a tattoo with Catherine's volleyball number on her hand. And um, it one of the things that the girl talked, one of the friends of Catherine's talks about in the the documentary on American Greed is how it was so apparent the difference between the brother and sister through their social media accounts. Yeah. Like Catherine's was all about the people she cared about and the places she cared about and kind of like and her friends and what she did day to day like how she interacted Mm -hmm. with people that she loved and her brothers was like hey look at my fucking shoes yeah that i just bought with my parents money or or my my stolen grandmother's money okay so we're gonna get into that right now because um (laughs) when after he came home from ou texas he rolled up on the house and like cops were everywhere there Mm -hmm. was police tape everywhere and one of the things that they said they thought was strange was when he rolled up, he didn't immediately, like, blaze past the tape. He didn't try to get in and see what the fuck was going on in right. his family's home. Right. And it was clearly his family home that was blocked yes. off. Um, he did not act like he was concerned. Right. Which is a huge red flag. Yeah. So if you're listening, 
future murderers. <laughs> you should at least pretend that you give a fuck about the people that you've killed. Yeah. Because if not, that just, that sends huge flags to the police that clearly you're guilty. Yeah. I don't even know why he would go. Like, if you knew, <laughs> like, you clearly knew. Yeah. You murdered your family. Why would you just be like, hey, I'm going to leisurely slow or like uh, leisurely take a stroll back home and just show up and just show up and pretend like everything. Oh, hey, you know what I think it is? I think that it is that psychopathic level of narcissism. Yeah. That that thought that you are so much smarter than these people that they cannot possibly figure out that you did this. And he was an idiot. Like, right. let's, uh, yeah. yeah, an idiot of astronomical proportions So from the get-go. So, um, I think I already said that he made a post, he made a post on Twitter, um, on Thursday night, which was the night that his parents were killed and his sister, and he made a point of saying that he was at Headington Hall, which is like the big fancy Harry Potter dorm down at, mm-hmm. um, OU. The real big pretty yes. one that makes yeah. you think of Hogwarts. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's kind of like an exclusive dorm, of course. And of course. Yeah. Um, which anyway. I would like to know how he got into OU when he had a, did he not, he had a felony charge. I believe, I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works. If it was, if he was on probation, like, cause he was, Cause on, he was on probation. Yeah. He did not do any jail time. They mm-hmm. only put him on probation because of course, the little bastard tried to take advantage of his dementia grandmother and, like, deplete her funds, took mm-hmm. her credit card out in her name, was just a complete asshat. And this was, like, during the time period when his parents had cut him off and he kind of figured, well, if they've cut me off, then I will manipulate my grandmother who has dementia. And this is the part when I was listening to the story and, like, watching the story and reading about the story. Like, I really was disgusted by everything that he... This is done. why we call him an asshole. This is yes, this is this is the moment at which I was like, you are like the most disgusting human. You are irre- er, you are reprehensible. Re- you know what I'm reprehensible. Trying to say. Thank you. Yeah. I get tongue tied. Yeah. Um, you get what I mean. But and and you just he is non redeemable. Because because I feel like almost because of what I'm about to talk about that he did, I th- I agree with that. And I think that's mm-hmm. because I have always, I am a big, big advocate for you do not do anything to people who cannot advocate for themselves. Oh, yeah, definitely. Children. It's, it's a whole, cons- it's a consensual thing. Yeah. And Children, even if the it's elderly, not- animals. Like, those really get me riled you, up. You when, know me, girl. That's yes. how, that's exactly what I say. I yeah. am always like, if it can't say no and it can't say yes, don't fucking do it. I yeah. don't care if it's, like, sexual or just taking advantage of them, like, A brain-wise. Business deal. Yeah. Yes. Anything. If there is something there that makes it where they are not on a level playing field with you, mm-hmm. it's fucking wrong and you shouldn't fucking do it. Yep. Period. I have, um, I think that if you... Because I I have known people that have done things like this to their aging grandmothers, and I think it is the most despicable thing. It disgusts me because Same. I think about um, I think about someone trying to do that to my grandmother, exactly. who I am extremely close exactly. with. You know, like she lives with us and stuff, and we are just like she is a big part of my world. I mm-hmm. would come unfucking glued. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I would probably claw someone's eyes out. Yeah. And that is not a joke. You no, know what no, I mean? no, no, no. Like, I, I completely totally, agree. Because, totally get it because I'm like, anyone does her harm. 
I'm coming out and I'm doing more harm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because, like, okay, so what he would do is he would get his grandma in the car with him and he would take her to the ATM and he would use her card and he would act like he was getting money for her. But then when he would count it back, he would, like, fudge the numbers and he would take some for himself every time. And then he, like, opened a credit card in her name. And, and racked up all kinds yes, of debt. Yes, went to like, Europe on it. Yeah. Like, um, I mean. Let me just go to London, France, and whatever, and just, yeah. Just party it up, live it, live it up. And this will just be my grandma's problem. Yeah. And, you know, even if she's old and dying and whatever, it's still not okay. It's not okay. It's no, wrong. No. Um, I think that was the point at which, in this thing, that I was just like, oh my god, this guy is disgusting like he deserves to be in prison yes he very much very much does and um so one of the things one of the things that i found really disturbing i think i think it's always a little bit disturbing um when there is any kind of photographic evidence or video evidence of someone right before their death oh yeah like not actually showing their death but just showing like what they were doing in the moments before well it's so normal his family there is video of his sister washing her car which is what she was doing right before she walked inside and he shot her yeah there's video of his father talking to the police officer about his missing gun and that was like what two days before he died might have been the day of no it was reported i think the police officer didn't didn't come until thursday oh okay so he actually came the day that they i think i might be wrong but it was very close to the time it was close it was within it was either the day of or or within within two two days days. like we do know that it was reported missing Mm -hmm. um a couple of days before or we know for sure it went missing a couple of days before yes he might not have reported it until the day of right but yeah um and that's very chilling to see that footage of like Catherine um washing washing her her car. car and and you know that she's going, and whenever she goes inside, you know she's, she's going not inside out. to die. Yeah. Like, you, as a person who knows what happened in the case, uh, you know, I can't imagine how hard that must have been for the prosecution and for the police and all these who people all knew who them. knew them. Yeah. Who knew them personally, who mm-hmm. had seen them at school events. I mean, Church again, and- this is a small town. These people are very close-knit. They, um you know, their livelihoods are wrapped up in other people's livelihoods. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, well, and the prosecutor, he knew them personally because they worked for the paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe he was always in contact with Tinker, they said. Yeah. You know, she would... Um, Come ask for the latest scoop on a true crime story. When he addressed the papers after the trial, after the guilty plea and stuff like that, we did watch that on YouTube, and he was talking... About how he was like, you know, if this had not happened, I know that they would be out here right now asking me the same questions that you guys are asking me about this case. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty chilling to me. Yeah. To know. And, you know, and he was obviously very choked up. He was emotional. He was extremely emotional whenever yeah. they asked him, you know, how does it feel knowing that, you know, you guys were super close and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, I mean, it, it took him a minute. And... I, you know, I think he was more choked up about it than their kid Mm -hmm. who was only sad and sorry that he got caught. Yeah. So in that confession video, he, um, they bring him in after, I guess, right after he had come home to the house and they were like, Hey, you can't leave the state if you've got a probation charge 
about they, the credit they card. They kept him for a day, yes. and I think they booked him for that because he was yes. in the orange jumpsuit. Yeah. And I believe was, that's why he and he was arrested um, because he jumped probation. And then they did come in, and he agreed to a polygraph. Yes, which is always so stupid if you know you did something wrong. Which I think speaks to the narcissism, like. Yeah, knowing that he, he just probably is so confident. Hannibal Rising right. or whatever, yeah. you know, the one with yes. young Hannibal and he like fucking aces it. And I'm like, I feel like that movie has really helped us with all these young little psychopaths because <laughs> yeah. they probably see that and go, Hannibal can do it. I can do it. Yeah, no. Yes, yeah, that's, that's not, not how, how it works. works. <laughs> yeah. But keep trying, kid. Keep yeah. trying. Please, we like catching please. you. Murderers, keep taking polygraph tests. It's awesome for us. Like, right. it's awesome for the people that want to catch you scumbags. So, yeah. Like, exactly. It's just, I, I do, I think it speaks very much so to the narcissism and his thought, his his idea of who he was. Like, I'm oh, not gonna he be... definitely thought he was smarter than everybody. He thought he was mm. better than everyone. Again, yes. the ramen noodle comment, right, which right. just really kind of threw me. She's like, how I, I eat ramen noodles so much. Like, I love ramen. I noodles. love ramen noodles. I mean, I, I eat like a fucking poor college kid, anyways. Yeah. I mean, I'm more like an a, same a poor adult kid or something. I yeah. Don't know, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm just like, what the fuck is your problem? Kylie yeah. Jenner eats fucking ramen noodles. Right. She had like a fucking video with ramen yeah. noodles. And hello, there are like fancy ramen restaurants. Uh, like that's yeah. a thing now. Ramen is good. <laughs> ramen is good. Well, I mean, maybe he's talking about the fucking, you know, like 59 cent packaged ramen. But still, that shit's bomb. Okay. So um, when they asked him, they finally got him to get around to confessing. Like they, they told, they were straight up like, look, you failed the polygraph test. Like mm-hmm. you failed. I know you did it. You know, you did it. Admit it. The fucking polygraph like, knows, knows you, you did, did it. it. Yeah. Everyone knows you did it, kid. Just, Just say fucking it. tell us. And so like in this tiny little whimpering, weak voice, he says, I did it. I and did it. I did yeah. It. And I feel like those were the first genuine tears from him because he realized his life was over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely don't think that, uh, especially with knowing how he killed his family, which we watched his confession, and he said that he shot his mom first. His sister came in from washing her car. He shot her second. And then he waited an hour or so, quote, quote. Yeah. This is what he said, or so, for his dad to come home with two dead bodies in the house beside him before he shot his dad. Yeah. And that level of being able to sit in there. Coldness. With, yeah. With your dead mother and your dead little sister who idolized you and loved you. Like mm-hmm. we heard multiple times from her friends or her friend and her coach that were in American Greed who constantly reiterated the fact that she did love her brother very much yeah very much like she was she was very proud of him she you know like bragged on him and stuff and he shot her to death yeah you know and then waited with her dead body to kill their dad Mm -hmm. and so yeah i don't think he cried because he felt guilty no he cried because he didn't get away with it yeah oh yeah i am i am sure that that's why he cried like i do not believe that that was genuine whatsoever hell no if he had felt guilty about what he had done he would have called the police on himself 
Mm-hmm. I honestly believe that. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like if you did something and you fucked up and you've killed somebody and you genuinely regret it, yeah. you would call and let someone know. You'd be oh, like, yeah. look, man, I fucked up. Yeah. Please take me to prison. I had, like, this mental collapse, which he does try to say that he has depression, which I find to be a really horrible crutch and an excuse in this scenario. Like, depression is real, whatever. I live with mm-hmm. depression. You know about depression. Yeah. Um. As I told you before we started, I have never in my deepest depressed moments wanted to kill another person, perhaps myself, which I do not say you should ever do. Like, please seek help if you are that deeply depressed like I have. Um, But I think I think people with any kind of mental illness are far more dangerous to themselves than they are to other people, other people at all, like at any time. I mean, I know that I know that things can happen and like all that but yeah people can snap yeah for sure i'm not saying that that is impossible right like that you know it's you know i'm sure it is possible and there is probably a case somewhere where someone has been so deeply depressed they did kill somebody mm-hmm. out of like some sort of weird sense of self-preservation or something yeah and probably lived to regret it but that is not what's happening here, Mm-mm. is my point. Like, you know, that was no. a really weak excuse from him. That was a really weak attempt to try to be like, oh, I'm guilty, but. Yeah. Well, no, no buts. Yeah. <laughs> you did it for money, honey. You didn't yeah. do it because, you know, you were depressed. You did it because they told you no. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. If you want to live that lifestyle, like he was going to OU, he was going to school, why not work for it? Mm-hmm. I don't have any respect for people who have to use other people to get by. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have any respect for people who want to use and use and use and take and take and take. And that's not to say that you can't be helped mm-hmm. out by, like, you can't be helped financially or you can't have received help in any form. That's not what I'm there's, saying. There's a difference in being helped and manipulating someone to get and what you what want. And that's what he was doing. And that's what he was doing. He was, you know, used to manipulating getting his Manipulating his grandma. Yeah. Which that, oh God, going back to that, that just disgusts me so much and makes me so angry. I just, I, if you do bad things to the elderly or to children or to animals, like you just, that, that there's nothing redeemable there. Nope. Like there Not just at isn't. All. Yeah. You're garbage. Mm. <laughs> Take yourself yeah. out to the trash. Which I'm pretty sure there's nobody in this audience that would be that kind of person. I don't think so. Cause everybody that has reached out to me has been awesome and nice and i just can't picture you guys being such monsters um <laughs> but yeah uh so anyway he ended up getting three life sentences and there is a letter a reporter from the oklahoman wasn't it yes it was the oklahoman and it is a reporter named nolan I, nolan something. clay i yep. believe is his name and i'm trying to get i'm trying to navigate back to the page oh to find the letter he wrote yeah which his um his handwriting is also awful you would think being such a pretentious little prick that he would learn how to write a decent letter girl are you kidding he was gonna hire somebody to write his stuff for him (laughs) let's see Uh, um i'm trying to find this letter so um basically the reporter wrote to him and was like hey you know this is what everyone's saying, like, about the crocodile tears. And so he was trying to get, like, a statement about... Yes, he was trying to get okay. a statement from Alan, and I'm going to find it right now. We'll take a little breather, and I will find it. 
and I'll edit this part in. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Well, I was going to say while you were looking for that, um, I did find it poetic and awesome that the prosecution made sure whenever he got his deal, even though the prosecution did want to seek the death penalty because they had been friends with, um, or the guy, the lead prosecutor had been friends with the family, um, Alan's family, right? I believe it was Tinker's family, her Mm. mom and dad and her brother. Uh, they did not want the trauma of a trial. Yes. So what they did was they offered him a plea deal of three consecutive life sentences, no parole, um, and no something else. I can't remember what it was. But in that deal, he was made to agree to never monetize a book, to not um, be able to speak to the press for money, anything like that. So he doesn't. He, you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. is not making any money off of this crime, which I think is fabulous. Yeah. Which, even in prison, you know, oh, well, what can he do with money in prison? Well, you know, he can actually sort of do a little bit with money in prison. But I think it's fucking fantastic that he Ooh, does not... That thunder. I thought you were, like, playing a noise. No, no that's damn. outdoors. That's outdoors. Nice. Yeah. Um, but he is not able to monetize what he did to his family, which I find poetic and I think it's great. Yeah. Because yeah. he shouldn't he shouldn't be able to do this. He shouldn't be able to sensationalize what he did out of greed. Right. So Nolan wrote to him and asked him a few questions, um, which was like, where did you come up with such a plan in the first place? Do you honestly think you could get away with it? I asked these questions not to get a scoop. I've been a reporter plenty of years. I've had plenty of scoops. I just think these things are people. These are things that people want to know. Um he uh, goes on to say, I've included a stamp self-addressed envelope that may be against the rules. So the envelope may get confiscated and you may just have to write me back at the address above using your own stamp and envelope. If you do, please put something in there. Only you would know like the name of your dog. So I know someone else didn't intercept this and is pretending to be you. Finally, I know your attorney, Mitch, he is a good and fine lawyer. He would not want you to respond to me. That stated it is your decision. And so that's a really good way to manipulate a narcissist by telling them, I was just thinking like by telling them, Hey, he's a great attorney and you know, he's and he looking didn't want out you to do this and he did looking out for you, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't want you to do this. That's a really great way to get someone who is self-centered to talk about themselves. Oh yeah. So um, kudos to you, Nolan yeah. doing the Lord's work, baby. Yeah. So, uh, he wrote back and he said, Nolan, Thank you for reaching out for a comment. There are a few things I don't want to comment on at this point in time, but I will answer some of it. I 100% welcome the death penalty. What occurred is so horrible. It is deserved. It is so unspeakable. This has been the, for me, the hardest thing I have ever done. Um, the tears have all been real. Real is in all caps with an exclamation point. Um, real fucking fake yeah i lost my entire family all at once how could they not be real not taking a shot at you it's just hard to hear that somehow i am faking all of this i guess in the letter nolan had said are those really crocodile tears are they real tears um right see he says to answer most of the rest i didn't feel like myself that day this was not something that seemed like a conceivable option why i'm still trying to work it out trying to figure all of this out 
You're right. Mitch would be fuming if he knew I replied. That will be a fun meeting. He has been harping about me writing family and friends. Thanks for the option, Alan Ruby. What? I mean, again, going back to the whole, how could I not? This is my, you know, I lost my family all in the I same lost day. them all at once. Yeah. yeah you, you did, did that. that. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> like, jinx, girl. Yeah. You fucking did that. You that was lost a choice. Them. That was a choice. It was not a force of nature. It mm. was not... Another person. It was not another person. It was not anything out of your control. It was always in your control yeah. to stop. Yeah. You could have at any time said, I'm not going to kill my family. Mm-hmm. It was a choice. Yeah. He made his choice. He made the bed. He's lying in yeah. it. And I think his letter just shows how self-centered he is. Like, him saying, he saying that... He doesn't even really talk about his family. Like, no. you would think that if you regretted murdering your entire family or if you were innocent of all charges Mm -hmm. would you not reminisce about things about them that like you miss that make Mm -hmm. you sad that they are no longer here like i'm never gonna hear my mom shuffling in the kitchen as she's making pancakes in the morning i'm never gonna hear my dad come in and complain about whatever or you know just little things that nobody thinks that are gonna matter until Mm -hmm. they no longer can happen yeah. You know, um, true grief makes you miss the most mundane things about mm-hmm. people. That is true. Um, I did skip one paragraph and he uh, he reiterated, this didn't happen because of shopping. My shopping wasn't something I nor my parents could not pay for. <clears throat> they just thought my spending was out of control and it was. So he admits <laughs> it was and it was um, all them Gucci bags were not doing him any favors. Yeah, apparently not. So um, I don't know. I think that that letter just sums up who he is. Like he's he's so self-focused in that letter about how, um, you know, this is not fair for people to think that these tears are not real and that how could they not be real? He he lost his whole family. He says he uses the word lost. Yeah, he forgets to, he forgets to add I executed my whole family. Lost is just a very nice way of putting yeah, it. Lost that's uh, a very that's a very oh dramatic way of phrasing it. And that. I'm I'm not trying to laugh. I think it's tragic. No, I, I, agree. I just am like I'm laughing at his stupidity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not at the loss because that's, no, I get it. that's fucking awful. I get it. Like, um, it, this reminds me, I think that this might've been right around the same time as the case where the judge, um, the kid had quote unquote affluenza. Do you remember that? The affluenza. Yes. I remember the affluenza thing. What, uh, give me a refresher real quick on what that was about. The affluenza teen was Ethany, Ethan, Ethany. Ethan Anthony Couch, um, he's an American man who killed four people while driving under the influence of alcohol and drugs on That's June right. 15th, 2013 in Burleson, Texas. So this happened just the year prior, about a year and a quarter before this happened. Okay. Um, and Fucking pretentious little pricks. The His attorneys argued that he had affluenza and needed rehabilitation instead of prison, saying he didn't know boundaries because he was rich. Yeah, pretentious little pricks again. And so I think that this, this really, I, the whole, I think that there is a thing going on right now in our society 
where, and I think this happens to people of all ages, and I think mm-hmm. it, it's probably been happening for a long time, is we see these celebrity lifestyles and these lifestyles that we're supposed to want, and we are encouraged to incur the most amount of debt we possibly can to achieve that lifestyle. Yeah, I'd believe it. Like, it's kind of this, and I think it happens to people it's of all ages. It's a materialistic ages. Yeah. thing. You think that you need more than you have yes. or more than you were given. You think you deserve more than you were given, more than you have. I think it's when you get into the deserve that it's like... That's, that's when it's it, dangerous. Yes. Yeah. I mean, wanting is one thing. Feeling entitled is an entirely different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And again, if you want something... Go out and work for it. Get it. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. You most usually... And I understand that there are extenuating circumstances. Like, that's not to... That's not to be like, hey, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. No, I'm, pull that example, because, me saying you can do it, go out and get it. That, yeah, that, yeah. that example is specifically like aimed at a young man who is in college that is, who has who money, has money and behind has him, means but, yeah. and has the ability to go and make something for himself. Right. There is no reason that he should have complained. Right. Poverty did not cripple him. him yeah poverty did not cripple him race did not cripple him mm-hmm. sexual orientation did not cripple him he has literally as far as we know i mean i don't know he might he might be gay but like that yeah. that wouldn't <laughs> he, yeah that would <laughs> that would not excuse what he did no no but no. um at the same time he has not had any sort of marginalization in his life it would prevent him from achieving whatever he wanted to. Exactly. Yeah. He had a spoon in his mouth, a silver spoon, mm-hmm. and he refused to use it. Yeah. He just wanted the easy way. He wanted it for nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see these celebrity lifestyles and we do see these people who have a lot of money, but you do also have to remember they are also branding themselves. They are constantly working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were given the opportunities to have these things and to be able to brand themselves and if he wanted to brand himself he should have worked harder at it he should have tried to get um influencing deals or whatever it was that he wanted or he thought he needed you know he clearly had money he clearly had Mm. you know or at least at a time had the means to be able to like go and achieve those things he could have been trying to knock on doors and get through them Mm. uh but he didn't he just wanted his parents to pay for his shit and pretend that it was all his and that he worked mm-hmm. for it. And yeah, um, that that's not the case. He was- I, yeah, I just, I don't understand. I mean, I get it. Like I get the, there's a lot of, um, I personally know someone that uh, does the thing of like posting when they're out of town and pretending like it's their actual home when it's like a place that they're renting, like an Airbnb like you know what i mean like they'll be like this is my apartment in uh new york city which when is they, like such on... a fucking shady thing because anymore anyone could look up your shit right well but also it's kind of sad you. it it's, is sad it's kind of sad because it's be like be proud of what you have be proud of who you are and what you have whether no matter Even if you don't have that's... anything yeah like i mean i grew up on the fucking canadian river before we renamed it the oklahoma river and fucking disney it and I grew up in the fucking hood. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I've shown you the places yes, that I've yeah. grown up. And um, and I'm not ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of that. Um, I'm, I would not be ashamed to have to go back to it if mm-hmm. I had to. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I do live, I mean, I still live 
uh, what was it my friend said the other day? Uh, hood adjacent. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so hood adjacent. <laughs> I love so that. She's funny. Um, and I will probably always live hood adjacent. Um, and whatever. And, but it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Mm. Uh, I think Dave has a little bit more of it bothering him because like he was not used to that. That was not his life. You know, he grew up kind of upper middle class, uh, white, you know, yeah. in a good area, in a good home and stuff like that with two parents and two other siblings and, uh, mm-hmm. all kinds of nice things. Uh, but it was not, but he was also made to like at a certain age by his dad, like even though his dad is, does do well for himself he was made to um work for his stuff you know you wanted a video game you go to work you want this you go to work you um which i think we lack i mean i don't even know if uh i think a lot of times you know you want to give your kids more than what you had like i definitely do i definitely do i do know that that is one of my my things that i have to uh watch but i do talk to my kids about money and how easily money can come and how easily it can go and Mm -hmm. to always be aware of what you're spending and just because you want it doesn't mean you need it yeah just because you think you need it doesn't mean you need it you know like um you know learn to prioritize and Mm -hmm. i don't think that he had good examples on how to prioritize Mm -hmm. if anything i think when they first caught him uh, I know that they did cover up. What was it that they had covered up for him? Um, it was when he uh, got in trouble for taking the stuff from his grandma and writing the like fraudulent checks. The and first stuff. time. The first time. The first yeah. time they caught him, they, they did cover that up. Yeah. And they tried to keep it very secret. And I, I just don't agree with stuff like that. I don't think it did him any favors. I don't to think not it did him any favors. And that, that is, and that is not to blame them. Not at all for not what all. happened to them because no. that is never. We will never be victim blamers, right? Okay, like period. This is absolutely one hundred and ten percent his fault. Oh uh, yeah, happened. like five thousand yeah. percent his fault. Like, yeah, there's <laughs> no one else to blame. He, for he this. went in there with that intention. Mm-hmm. He went there days before to get that gun. He. He went back to do it. Yeah. At any point in time, he could have stopped. That was a choice he made. That was not a choice his parents made, you know. um, But I do think that by trying to protect our kids, sometimes we don't help them. Mm -hmm. I don't think that helped him. Yeah. Consequences are important. Yeah. Um, And he he didn't have enough of them. Well, now he's got plenty. Yeah. Hope you enjoy those ramen noodles, asshole. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't know why I'm stuck on that, but it drives me insane. I was yeah. just like, what a pretentious little fuck. Yeah, that's a very, very pretentious thing to say. Ugh. But yeah, so I think that that's just about it for um, the Ruby family murders in Duncan, Oklahoma. And Johnetta, do you want to plug your Instagram or your Facebook or any projects that you're working on? Unfortunately, uh, well, my Facebook, pretty much my writing Facebook is dead because I always forget to link whatever I post on my Instagram to it. So I do the exact same thing. I am really bad at my, I mean, my Facebook, my private one, I do a little bit better at because I just go on random tangents, but, (laughs) but like my public one is barren and sad. Uh, my Instagram, I'm trying to get a little bit better about that, but it is at, just j-u-s-t underscore johnetta j-o-h-n-e-t-t-a um and it's open to everyone right now it's mostly my dogs and sometimes awesome poetry yeah sometimes (laughs) i haven't i haven't uploaded one in a while yeah i've been writing so 
So I think the only thing that I have to say is that um, join the Facebook group. It's really, it's a fun thing. And we're going to try to like get a meetup or something going at some point. Like maybe go somewhere spooky, all of us I together. say we go kangaroo hunting. Kangaroo hunting. Yeah. Kangaroo hunting. Kangaroo, yeah. That, is, that is something me and Marnie have been talking about um, getting together to do because... There is like this crazy weird phenomenon. What is it called? The phantom kangaroo phenomenon. Phantom kangaroo phenomenon. Like how cool is that? It's a really cool thing. It's it's really cool. It it is. And we've been talking about going on roo hunts. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not like with guns, like with our cameras to shoot pictures. Of the kangaroo, (laughs) the Oklahoma kangaroo. Yeah. So, um. Join the Facebook group. It's um, it's fun. And I also, I kind of make announcements in there before I make them on uh, the public Facebook page. Um, and yeah, so when the episodes go live, you mm. should know faster than everyone else. Yeah, that's true. Like I did that last night. You did do that last yeah, night. I've seen I that. Um, so anyway, join the Facebook group. Follow me on Instagram at Irioki and Facebook page is the same address. Um, if you have something you want to tell me or you have an idea for an episode or like anything like that, send me an email um, to iriokipodcast at gmail.com. I love getting those emails and getting new ideas from people. Um, so I think that that's about it. So stay spooky, y'all. <laughs>